Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and I've got Chris Dufay on the show again today. Chris joined us uh, about a month or two ago, and I got a really good response from the episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Chris, so I thought, why not get him back on? So today, we basically just talk about a bunch of different stuff. We just have a good old chat, and but there is plenty of value in there, so if you do enjoy the episode, make sure you take a screenshot of the show. Post it on your Instagram story and tag myself and Chris so we can hear some feedback from you guys. I hope you've been enjoying the content, the shows lately, and the guests that I've had on. As always, if there's ever anybody that you'd like to hear from, make sure you send me an email at danny at dannykennedyfitness.com. But for now, let's get stuck into today's show with Chris. All right, Chris, mate, welcome back to the show. Um, In the intro, I just mentioned that we got such a good response from the first one that we thought we'd give the people what they want and... um, and do it again and, and you've joined me and we've just been talking about how, how good the weather is on both ends here but it looks like you're, um, you're living up to that work-life balance, mate. I do. This is what it's all about. I am currently in Sunshine Coast, uh, Queensland, Australia and the sun's literally just come up. I'm So far, it's what 7 a.m. for me now and I wake up at 5.30 and uh, do my meditation in the morning and then I actually spend uh, the next bit. I was just colouring in for half an hour with my two daughters. <laughs> And I've got to say, Dan, I'm getting pretty good, mate. So, as you go, mate, just keep it in between the lines, or what, mate? I, I, I'm keeping it in between the lines. We're coloring some Peppa Pig drawings in, and I'm, I'm getting pretty uh-huh. good. I might, I'll, I'll send you some photos later. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I might have to work on mine on the way back from LA or something. <laughs> um, mate, so I want to kick things off um, with basically where we left off last time. One of the responses that I got from the the, the chat that we had a few weeks ago was people were really impressed or um, I guess intrigued with um, what we spoke about in regards to work-life balance and how really there is none, but also how you're, you do such a good job at balancing the two where you're putting your full energy into one at one period of time and then you give your full energy to the other um, when it's needed. So I guess I wanted to basically elaborate on, do you have any kind of, I guess you might call it hacks or any systems that you that you try to follow to make sure that that does happen? Um, because it is easy to get distracted and it's all well and good to, you know, set your intentions to make sure you're giving full attention to one or the other. But as we all know, it's pretty easy to get distracted with phones and social media and the, the thought of um, thinking that you're missing out by, by not focusing on one or the other. Totally. It's one of the biggest problems is constantly looking at what other people are doing and therefore losing focus on what's most important to you because you're like, oh shit, Dan's in LA doing great things. That's awesome. Again, damn, I want to get, I want to get back to LA. You see someone else, oh, they're doing that. Oh shit, I really would love to be able to do that. And you're constantly chopping and changing what's going on with your mind. It's like, um, I actually had a bit of a laugh when I was talking with um, Ben Bukowski a little while ago. He was like, yeah, like it's funny how dudes, dudes yeah. want to get bigger and build mass. Do you know what I mean? At the start of the week, but then it comes to like Thursday and they're like, oh, the weekend's coming up. I want to get leaner. And so therefore something like that, the nutrition and training completely changes and they're always jumping from one thing to the next. And it's like, if you chase multiple rabbits, you can actually catch none at the end of the day. Um, so when it comes to actually like, what do I do? I just pulled up in front of me. So I've 
I've been tinkering. I'm always kind of like in a mindset of how do I create the actual processes or how do I create the frameworks around needing to do stuff. I know I'm not that smart and I know I'm being able to get better results if I actually have the system and the process and the framework to be able to follow. And I'm constantly tinkering and trying to create that process myself. And then I obviously want to be able to share that out uh, with what's going on. So like I just super quickly opened up um, the monthly review process that I put myself through. So it being actually like literally the end of the month right now, I was actually going to be doing this today. So really easily, I can take you through it super quickly. Um, if you yeah, want sure. that, the people have an actual outline. So I'll just really quickly just go over the questions of, and this is a document. I'll share it with you if you want. You can put it into the show notes and people can download and actually use it. I've got no dramas with that. So really quickly, um, number one, what are the three best wins of the month that I have? So the first thing we always need to look at is actually how do we celebrate? Like I'm personally really crap when it comes to celebrating. It's always like achieve one thing, move on to the next. So yeah. I always want to put that first because you want to also want to put yourself in a good mood. You want to be in a good state to then be able to plan your next moves moving forward because if you're feeling shitty about yourself we're well, not really going to be in the emotional state to then be able to best make decisions moving forward so what are the three best wins and how am i going to celebrate those things then i go to the self-awareness thing that i think we touched on in that last episode so health happiness entrepreneur family husband friend six areas of life i grade myself out of five with that uh, then i go to what were this month's obstacles what did i learn from them what is my 80 20 so i always kind of look at okay what are the, are the things that say I put 20% of my effort in, but they're actually getting 80% of my results or vice versa? Am I doing something and putting 80% of my effort towards something and it's really only getting me 20% of my results? I want to be able to change that. Then I go, how will I improve for the next month? I go through what am I going to stop doing? What am I going to start doing? Um, I go through who do I need to ask for help? This is something that I just completely did not think about for such a long time. And this is really important. Do I need to talk to Dan about doing something? Do I need to talk to a mentor about doing something with my business or whatever it is? Uh, then next month will be a win if I. So this is the question, an open question saying, okay, how do I actually frame next month being a win um, and being getting uh, clarity on that? What are the three targets for next month? And what other responsibilities do I have for next month? Do you have friends' birthdays coming up? Do you have um, a school play coming up? Do you have whatever it is coming up for you to be able to put there? And then simply there's three main things I want you to take action on after that. Number one, schedule your family, self, and growth time first. So in your calendar, what am I doing with my family? Then what am I doing for myself? And what am I doing for learning or growth? Uh, then I go to my uh, projects and actions and I plan everything out for the next month. Then I put everything into my project management system and it's done. So it's literally a 30-minute process that I do at the end of each month. That's perfect. And um, I really like that. And I think one of those points that you brought up I really like is who who can you ask for? Who should you ask for help? Because yeah. like you said, no, not enough, nowhere near enough people do that. And I'm, I used to be the same and I'm starting to kind of get past that now where uh, I was very fixed on, you know, I wanted to do everything myself, wanted to be in control of everything that I was doing. I thought that, you know, in a way it was almost a bit more hardcore. I'd feel more accomplished if I did it all myself. But you start to realize it takes away from the thing that you're actually good at and the thing that you need to be focusing on. So giving some responsibility to other people um, is a huge win in my eyes. Massive. And I, that one thing right there is probably the biggest mistake I've made, say, over the last three 
maybe four years as being an entrepreneur, as a business owner, because it was always me wanting to be doing in the driver's seat, doing everything. I can do it. I'm really good at doing this stuff. And it's just an ego play at the end of the day. And now totally being able to step back and actually step into a proper CEO position with the two businesses and having plenty of team members now bringing more on and being like, hey, like that's your responsibility. That's your task. You just come to and report to me at these times and mm-hmm. being able to delegate that stuff out is amazing. Like this is the thing. Like oh, I'm happy to share this with you. Um, I created something where I called the Mexican cow. So if you really want to talk work-life balance, we can talk about the Mexican cow. Like, what the hell is the Mexican cow? I'll send you the video about it later. You can share it. But really simply, it's like two concepts that I've put together in one. Um, do you know who Dean Jackson is, Dan? I've heard of him, yeah. Okay, so like awesome dude, amazing like online internet marketer. I just love the way he thinks. And he really thinks about like creating life and business without friction points. Now, the thing is, he has a concept called the self-milking cow. So let's say, Dan, you're the cow, you're milk right now. Like what you produce, your goodness is like getting in front of the camera, doing the interviews, producing the content. Do you know what I mean? Now, the thing is with a cow, it can't take care of the farm. It can't milk itself. It can't do all these other things. It just produces the milk at the end of that. It's a funny concept, but at the end, it means you need to have other processes, other systems, other people doing certain work. The other concept was last time I was in Mexico, and we're actually going to be back in Mexico uh, in like six weeks' time from now, is I was got to the point where I was like, okay, you know what? I only want to run my businesses with eight hours a week, and I'm going to split into two half days. The rest of the time is completely off. Yep. And obviously, this isn't something you can do year-round, but I was like, okay, what I need to do is I need to only produce the best work that I can produce and be in my zone of genius, and I can only do everything else including that in eight hours a week, how does that actually work? And it's amazing when you actually sit down and you you put together the processes, the systems, everything in place to then be able to be like, you know what? I can totally run my businesses. I can earn great money. I can have a great impact. And I'm only doing eight hours of work a week for a stint of time. And for me, it's going to be a month when we're down in Mexico. Um, and it's a great concept to be able to actually stretch your mind and to get out of the habits and behaviors that you usually in. Yeah, and you, you also realize how much time you spend doing pointless shit and probably spending too much time, oh. almost, almost giving yourself too much time. It's like, it's like, um, I can't remember who it was I was listening to, but they were saying how they went from scheduling two to three hour meetings to scheduling meetings for 15 minutes and they were getting yeah. the same amount of shit done in 15 minutes as they were getting done in two to three hours. Dude, I'm pretty sure I listened to the exact same thing and that was, I, I changed mine to it's 20 minute meetings. Um, and it has to have an agenda before we ever get. So before we actually get onto a call or do anything like that, we have to have a set agenda and it's 20 minutes and it's amazing. Like I do a once a week, um, what I call a momentum meeting with my entire team and we do it in 20 minutes. There's four things we bash through and it's just like bang, 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 bang. Everyone knows what they need to do. My assistant's taken all the notes from everything. She sends everything out to everyone and it's done. Um, perfect. Now the next thing I wanted to mention is Obviously, we're all human and you were just mentioning or we're just obviously talking about how you go through at the end of the month, almost like a self-report uh, to see how the month's gone. There's obviously going to be months where things didn't go to plan and there's going to be failures or uh, or areas that you didn't necessarily accomplish what you wanted to. So what's your mentality and what's your approach around failure and does it, does it kind of knock you around a little bit or do you see it as almost a win um, and then what's your approach from there onwards? Totally. Like, I get it when people say, like, there's no such thing as failure. It's only learning. And yeah, but, like, let's be honest with each other. Like, when stuff screws up, 
you feel like shit. (laughs) And that's perfectly fine. But I think where the actual secret sauce is you can get out of that state quickly and you can get focused on where you need to. So like, yeah, I'll be like, I think this is actually something I've gotten really good at just because it's just tried and true having to go through it so many times is screw up, shit, okay, that's really bad. Um, Why did the screw up happen? What's going on? How do we fix it? And let's just get moving straight away. I think the faster you can get out of, oh, shit, I feel really bad about what's going on and just getting moving forward and fixing it, that is where... I think that's where a success lays from because you're going to screw up the entire time. I screw up all the time. Like it's, it boggles my mind. But at the same time, I'm able to move really quickly on being able to fix that. Like I literally had to do that last night um, when we made some massive changes uh, yeah. with uh, the sales process with one of the businesses with what the sales dudes were doing. And it was just like, yep, yeah, all right, sweet. Made the decision. This is what we're going to do. Change that. Move on. And I woke up this morning and we had like – Open the messages up and had new sales coming straight through from the thing. I was like, awesome. I'm really happy with that. Or you, um, could still, so, or you could still be dwelling on it and have not made that change. And oh, yeah, totally. Onset and you haven't made any more sales. Dude, I could have gotten in the fetal position, sucking my thumb and just like being a victim about it, or you just get on with it at the end of the day. Like, failure is going to happen. Um, like, truly, failure is when you just completely give up on yourself and stop. But mm. You're going to have screw-ups and maybe if we just change the terminology to like failure to screw-ups and yeah, you're going to screw up, but then you're just going to change and move forward from there. Yeah. Uh, now, I wanted to also ask you, how you, how do you deal with stress? So let's let's say, for example, like before we got on this call, or before we started recording, I should say, yeah. uh, we were talking about how I've just spent a week in Vegas, come back, thing out of whack, um, stress is a little bit higher, you know, emails need to reply to, um, body's not feeling like it usually does. My stress levels have been right up over the last few days. Haven't been able to eat as much. So, you know, what I've done is just I've increased. I've been meditating two or three times a day instead of once. Um, I've been getting my diary out, making sure I'm making sure everything's routine and scheduled for the day, um, putting in a little bit of extra work in terms of getting my food and hydration right again and, and getting things back on track. So, obviously, it doesn't necessarily have to be the example of going to Las Vegas, but when you are stressed, what is some of the things that you do to deal with that and get yourself back into a, a more controlled state? That's a great question. Um, big believer of meditation. I've actually been meditating twice a day for 20 minutes each time for like okay. maybe two months now and I've totally noticed a difference. Like, okay. dude, I'm totally Zen nature boy now when it comes to that. But I still get super stressed over certain things like yeah. shit hits the fan with business or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Meditation one. Next thing I do is pick up a journal and just start writing. What's stressing me out? Usually takes five to 10 minutes to actually sort your shit out really quickly when you start journaling because like I found there is just a BS meter from brain to the point of your pen when it comes out. The answer comes to you. And yeah. it's, that's like, you go, oh, okay, this is what's wrong. This is what I need to do. And I'm constantly trying to ask better questions. So the thing that's going through my head first is what are the questions that I need to ask? So when I sit down to journal, it's not just start writing. I'll actually just write questions. I'll be like, what are the questions I need to ask? And I'll, I'll write them out. And then I'll be like, okay, they're shit questions. I won't even worry about them. They're, they're good. I need to go deep into those and I'll just start to answer them. Uh, next thing is I totally believe actually taking care of yourself. So I'll be like, don't eat shit food, um, but get moving. So if anything, I want to go out for a walk. Um, I've really been like walking nearly twice a day now uh, for a while and I just 
totally love it. Um, yeah, I've been taking a lot of advantage of, uh, of Runyon Canyon. I reckon I've gone pretty much every day. So oh, dude, that place is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like, get, get into nature. So for me, like, the best place is if I can just go barefoot walking along the beach, that's great because it's in my mind. So I'm usually walking, listening to something, and then I usually have to stop it and I'll just get my phone out. I'll be writing notes as in, like, yeah. okay, what do I need to do, all that kind of stuff to get over it. Um, I love sauna and like ice plunge as well. Like I feel like actually like just helping the actual physical body be the best physical body as well. So I feel like when people are stressed, okay, I, I'm a stress eater. Like I'll, I'll be I'll complete transparency here. When I'm stressed, I really want to eat and I can go and eat shit food. Now that's the worst thing because then I'm just going to wake up feeling like crap. So whenever that kind of happens, the first thing I'm going to do is like, all right, I'm probably going to fast for a little bit longer just to kind of give myself a bit of a reset. Then I'm going to make sure that I'm getting super hydrated as well. Then after that, I'm going to make sure I'm doing plenty of movement. Um, and then that goes on top of the meditation and journaling. And then if anything, like as in the next thing is movement, as in moving towards fixing whatever's actually making you stress. Like, okay, for example, going to Vegas and having an absolute bender of a time, that's a physical stress, do you know what I mean? Not a mental stress. If somebody's being super mental stress, whether it's like financial or relationships or whatever like that is, then do you mean meditation or mindfulness or whatever it needs to be, um, journaling, just making sure that you start asking and answering the right questions and then simply taking care of yourself and then just getting moving as in fix the actual issue that's bothering you. Yeah, perfect, perfect. All right, let's change pace a little bit. So I want to move out, move on to a little bit more to do with the actual uh, physical fitness side of things. And we'll start with, we'll actually start with the mental side of it. So a question that I get a lot, and I'm sure you get this a lot as well, is people asking how I stay motivated or how they can get motivated to stick to their nutrition, uh, to to go to the gym when they need to go to the gym and actually stay on track. Because not, you know, you and I, we do this for work. We both love it. Um, we we'll find it easier than others to stay motivated. It's what we do. Whereas other people, it's it's not an easy thing. So there's obviously internal and external um, factors that um, come down to you staying motivated. But what is, what's some advice that you might give to someone that is struggling with that motivation side of things? Yeah, like I think when somebody, say, looks at you and I and be like, damn, you're in the gym every day. Like, I literally had someone comment on yesterday when I went into the gym. And she's like, how often do you train? I'm like, uh, six times a week. I usually Sundays to me. Yeah. Uh, rest for me. And she's like, oh, wow. Like, and it's like, it's a habit for us. <laughs> and I was like, look, I've been doing it for long enough now. It's a habit. And I know if I don't do it, I feel like shit. So I'm just yeah. going to go put my ass into the gym and do the job. Once you're there, you get the job done. I totally understand uh, if people aren't at that stage yet, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, the first thing I'd look at is your environment. I'd first look at who you're surrounding yourself with, um, what are you consuming uh, information-wise and just like from the outside to in socially as well because that's going to be a factor. So when it comes to like um, habit change, you've got to look at what's actually triggering you at the end of the day. So uh, like motivation's weak. Motivation's like, do you mean for rookies at the end of the day? Because if you're constantly jumping on YouTube, looking at like motivation videos before you have to jump into the gym, like that's not good. So for me, I look at two things. One environment, like who am I talking to? Who am I surrounding myself with? What information am I putting in my brain? 
And then what are the triggers? What are the triggers that I need to set up to then get me to do the action that I need to? So, for example, like when I go and train, um, I have one song that I put on in my head every single time before I train. Like this is the trigger that is for me to, I'll even, Woman by Wolfmother. That's the song. When I hit like, dude, I could train right now. It's like, it's like yeah. that flick of the switch. It's like, oh shit, okay, turn it on, ready to rock and roll. That's um, when I finish training, so when I want to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic state, then I actually do something different um, and I play this song. Ben Westbeach, welcome. That's the song. I just chill out to it. So I sit down and I just, okay, cool. <laughs> Get out of the para, uh, sympathetic state. Let's go parasympathetic now. Let myself rest and recover. Yes. So, like triggers. What are you actually triggering? So, do you need to do something for when it comes to you getting out of bed? Do you know what I mean? Does it yeah. like what's the trigger when you need to get your ass in the gym? Like maybe you need to put your, the, your workout clothes out in front of it. Like maybe like it's the things that you have to look at at the end of the day. But environment and triggers are the things I actually look at when it comes to behavior change. Perfect. And now I put on uh, my Instagram story yesterday a bit of a, a question thing to see if we get some good questions to, to talk about on the show. And there was a fair few, so I don't want to spend too much time going through them. But one of the recurring questions that come up a lot was for someone that has been on their fat, fat loss journey for a little while now and yeah. they're relatively happy with where they're at compared to where they started, but they've hit a plateau. Um, what is the next steps? And I reckon this might be, you know, you and I might both have uh, some slightly different approaches, so it might be a good chance here to, you can give your answer and then I'll I'll give mine so they can get yeah. kind of, uh, some info from both of us. Okay. First things first is actually take like a food journal as to what you're currently doing because a vast majority of time, if somebody's hit a plateau, it's probably because they're not actually doing what they think they're doing at the end of the day. And there's a little bit of a mismatch. They're kind of lying to themselves. So do a subjective look at, okay, what's actually going into my mouth and what movement am I actually doing when it, then it comes to, and this is like a sticky point because it's hard to give like a, uh, a broad strokes answer to something like this, because a lot of the time, if we, if we're talking like super fitnessy crowd, like fitness buddies, and they're like, Oh, I'm stuck. I'm not getting leaner. I'm at a right point, but it's really not happening. Well, then the thing is, if they're already at a really low food intake and a really high work output, following the eat less, move more scenario is only going to drive things to become even worse. So that's when you look at, okay, what happens with stress? What happens with sleep? How do I have better hormonal management and balance along those things? Like what are those other factors that can be really causing it, especially say with gut health? So then that's when I would start looking at those things. But again, that's not going to be super helpful for the listener right now because that's just not going to be specific to what their situation is. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, okay, some like, general rules that I like to go by when it comes to, all right, I need to like really knuckle back down. Maybe I've gone a little bit wayward, but I really need to take it a little bit better. Then let's just go back to some basics. And it'll be like, number one, eat whole food, focus on that. Number two, when you're putting your meals together, like the way I, I look at it and we do it in the business with my body blends is we do a PBFC meal model. So proteins, veggies, fats, and carbs. And so you can say, all right, I'm, am I actually sticking to my meals? Am I eating whole foods? And then the other thing as well is like 
choose an eating window. So it doesn't have to necessarily be like intimate fasting or anything like that. But I say stop eating two hours before bed and then what you're going to do is spend um, a nice block of time where you're not going to be consuming food and you might say only consume foods for 10 hours. So let's say if you go to bed at 10, that means you'll stop eating at 8 and therefore you'll be like, okay, what's 10 hours before 8? That's going to be my first meal. That's my eating window. So I'm not going to be telling people, and this is, again, broad strokes, I'm not going to be telling people, oh, you need to be eating five meals a day. Okay, I tell you what, if you eat the right foods and you're doing the right portion amounts and you're being able to stick through it, eat when you're hungry. I'm not going to say, like, if you're getting super hungry, I'm not going to say, hey, no, no, don't, don't eat. Do you know what I mean? Because that's a bad thing. Now, if you get someone that, say, wants to go to a photo shoot or step on stage, different story and oh, yeah. a completely different answer. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah, I'll give my opinion on this. Like, I, I think Please. you hit the nail on the head there. But the first thing that I would look at is, for the person that's the people that have sent in these questions is firstly you need to you need to figure out exactly what you're doing right now and I think you said that before like you don't actually know what you're doing right now and you're kind of almost guessing your way to results and that's your first problem if you're all over it you know exactly what you're doing in terms of your training your nutrition your recovery then then this is where it becomes a little easier and obviously there are other factors as you mentioned like cortisol levels you're not getting enough sleep your gut health might not be on on point and uh and there's all other factors that can come into play but if we're keeping it relatively broad i always bring it down to three things and and my rule is there's really three ways to lose fat and um they, they need to be sustainable and they need to be small changes the first one for me is the obvious one is a small decrease in food if you know how if you know you know what you're doing with your nutrition and you're making a small decrease and your energy expenditure stays the same and theoretically if everything else is is on point then you're going to start to see results second thing is increase your energy expenditure slightly and keeping in mind that i've just said one or the other i haven't said both because i think most of the time where people go wrong is they go i've hit a hit a wall of plateaued fuck, I need to reduce my food, increase my energy expenditure because that's the only way to make a change. But it's not. It could be as simple as spending an extra five minutes at the end of each session for that week getting some extra energy burn or it might be going for a walk. It might be adding in a few sets to a certain session you're already doing. That's extra energy expenditure. The third one is a very small amount of both. As, I, as I've mentioned, the recurring theme here is very small amounts. It doesn't need to be drastic changes because... The chances are, even if you think you're making these changes, if they're too drastic, the likelihood of you actually sticking to them is very small. So you may be sticking to them for a few days, but then you're not doing that for the whole week. You're not doing that for the whole month. So in actual fact, you're not doing what you think you're doing in the first place. Like you said, you're not actually sticking to what you supposedly think you are. So that's my opinion. Um, as Chris brought up some really good points, there's a lot of factors that do come into play and it depends how serious you are about and where you are with your journey. If you're 15% body fat and you've you've still got a a few kilos to lose, then it's probably going to be a little bit easier compared to someone who's already 9 or 10% body fat who's in really good shape and has been training for a long time and needs to lose that last couple of percent because that can be hard. That can be really difficult. Totally. And that's the thing as well. This is where I feel like there's a very blurred message in the health and fitness world because they're very different parties and very different answers when we have someone who says like wants to lose a couple of pounds, feel a bit better about themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, still doing mum or a dad, a busy being an executive or that kind of stuff compared to somebody that's like, okay, I really need to go from doing 
10 to 7% body fat. Like they're very different answers because for the, for the more fitnessy person that really wants the more advanced stuff, I would actually say do things more hardcore because there has to be more hardcore Yeah. in the fact of, okay, if you're going to be doing lowering your food intake, lowering your calories, then you've really got to lower them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, doing these really little incremental drops doesn't actually say, and the problem, especially when it comes to like fat loss and body recomposition is where I found it much better to do a zigzag method. So rather than say, okay, I'm going to be losing weight for 10 to 12 weeks. And then I might try and spend like eight to 12 weeks putting on muscle or whatever, that kind of stuff. I'd be like, you know, put it in like, three to four week blocks and go hard at it. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm experimenting with at the moment, like really yeah. going one to the, and another because you also get genetic changes when you change those different inputs. Um, and I found it's worked really well, but it's great points that you bring up. And that's where like one of my, not pet peeves, but the thing that I see that's wrong in the health and fitness world is people will just say one thing and they kind of make it a blanket statement for everybody to follow. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't work. Exactly right. And like you said, like I, the the approach that I'm giving you every everyday gym goer, like you said, who wants to just drop a couple of kegs yes. this summer compared to the other client that I've got here who's about to step on stage is yes. night and day, night and day. Um, okay. The person who's about to step on stage, I don't really care if they don't really feel like lowering their calories this week. If they want to get lean enough, it's just something that they need to do to reach the, yeah. what they want to be. Whereas yeah. the person over here, there's other things we can do to, to get them to that point. So that's great. All right, I've got a couple more things I want to um, chat about before I um, let you enjoy the rest of the day there, mate. Um, this next one is a bit, it's way off topic and it's actually something that I only thought of just before um, and it's something that I've seen here in LA and I don't know if you know anything about it but I wanted to ask you if you do. Do you know anything about CBD oil? Because it's something... Oh, dude, uh, I literally just got three bottles in sitting in my cupboard, uh, yeah, I'm a massive, massive fan of CBD oil. Um, well, I, don't, I know we could probably, well, now that I know that, we could probably spend a long time talking about it. But do you want to actually just inform me and those listening what it actually is? Because the first time I saw it in a cafe here, I was like, what the fuck's going on? I can get CBD, <laughs> I can get yeah, CBD oil in my muddy smoothie. <laughs> it is. It's, it's funny, the one I've got um, was my mate, uh, owns the company and it's, it's really good stuff. I actually really highly recommend it. Um, CBD oil is great. The science that's coming out about it is phenomenal. Like it, so we have cannabinoid uh, receptors everywhere. Um, and this isn't okay. When I first saw it, and when I, especially when I was in LA, so I actually interviewed quite a few people specifically talking about CBD and then THC, which is the psychoactive component. Yeah, I was like, oh, are these just a bunch of potheads? Like, mm. what's this all about? But no, it's not actually at all. Um, dude, funnily enough, I totally I just went down to Sydney for my mum's fiftieth um, last week. And my uncle totally knows how to extract and create CBD oil. And I got into a conversation with him about it. I was like, I never, what the hell? It's anyway, crazy, um, Dude, it's amazing stuff. I, it's great. I use it for like anti-inflammation and there's a host of other health benefits that come with it. Um, I, from the people that I've talked to, the stuff that I've read, the things that I learned, I actually think it's one of those key foundational things to kind of keep in the supplement cupboard for yourself. Um, so I'm experimenting with it. Um, I'm totally happy with the research that I've seen and there's more that's coming out with it. Mm. And like, dude, last time I was in LA, I got given 
a bunch of different stuff is in there. I got given a, a, a ghee that was infused with CBD. I was actually cooking bison with it. It was delicious. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I totally it was the same. But the last time I was there, I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, so, well, I'm obviously in early stages of trying to figure out what it is. But for those who are listening, it, it's, not, uh, it's not marijuana. It's not something that you'd smoke, no. walk down the street and start seeing people with three heads. It's, uh, it's something that's going to give you health benefits and obviously probably not a topic for today because there's more information that we could probably put together before we actually make an episode on it or something like that. But, yeah, um, but yeah we'll definitely touch on it again in, in the future and I'd, I'd be um, really keen. Dude, I'll, I'll introduce you to um, a couple of dudes, say, especially the Jambo Superfoods dudes that are in LA. Um, they're in Santa Monica. I'll, I'll put you in touch with them and you can chat to them because they know everything about it. They do great quality products as well. Cool. Um, and yeah, and just for the person that's like, hang on, are they talking about drugs and stuff like that? No, it's not like that whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is there's that kind of stigma that's behind it. And it's like, no, like this, this is completely different right now. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. The last question I wanted to ask you is for those, for those that are listening now, what do you think, what do you think is one of the number one things that a lot of people today aren't doing that in five to 10 years time, they wish they were? Uh, ice baths. Ice baths. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I think dude, cold exposure I literally had a conversation with my wife last night. I was like, oh, I just love to open a place where it's like sauna and ice baths because there was a place just around the corner when we were living in Bali before that was there and we were going there four or five times a week. Amazing. You feel phenomenal. Like I yeah. recovery wise. Yeah. I think it's one thing that's just been totally not spoken about. That's one of the best, oh, it's a dirty word, but one of the best hacks that you can yeah. possibly do as well. I'm legitimately looking at buying like a big like, you mean like freezer chest and creating like my own to actually like put out here to be able to do it because it's yeah. done around here. I've got an infrared sauna that I use at the gym, but there's no like proper ice baths. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to answer it with something that's completely different because I know a lot of other people. Yeah, that. no, that's good. That's good. I, yeah. funny, I, it was a, um, I had a conversation on last week's episode with, um, have you heard of Jay Marignac? No. Check him out. He's he's uh he's an absolute beast. Um, yeah. The interview was quite good. He's a type one diabetic, and uh, he used to used to be drug and alcohol addict. And anyway, that's completely off topic. What we started talking about is um, I come across an interview a while back with Wim Hof. I don't know if you're yep yep Hoff. yeah. So ever since then, I've I've done the same thing. Like I, I have daily, um, even though it's just a shower, but I'll have a completely cold shower. Um, I try and do cryotherapy when I can when I'm in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm the same. Like I love it. You feel amazing. It's great before bed. I find I, I sleep yes. so well if I have an extremely cold shower before bed and you yes. just feel good. Yeah. So like I, I do the cold showers morning and evening, um, as well. And I've done that for a few years now and I've just, I absolutely love it. I couldn't go without it. I, it's like the thing I disliked actually about living in Bali was the showers weren't cold. I was like, ah, it's not cold water. Like I need a cold <laughs> So it's good to actually be having cold showers now. And when I was doing the sauna and ice, so I'd, it would be like 10 minutes in the sauna, five minutes in the ice, and I'd totally do the deep breathing through it. So it'd be like, it's a total meditative process. I know this sounds completely weird, but my wife and I, we were actually like 
our like date nights would, would go to the sauna and ice plunge and then we'd go out for like a dinner after that and just like completely be chilled out. Um, you sleep amazingly. Libido goes through the roof. Recovery is absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's I almost want to say it's a must. <laughs> it's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, more and more people should give it a try. And those that have... Those that have started doing it ever since I've kind of put some stuff on my story about cryotherapy and cold showers and stuff, I've said the exact same thing. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to it, but once you get, once you start to see the benefits, you you won't go back. Can I say one thing actually to that is when it comes to the benefits, I think one of the best benefits is the mental benefit of I put myself in an uncomfortable situation and I got through it. And knowing, like, because when you're about to get in that, like, do you mean, that ice plunge. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, but, like, when you just – I'm just doing it. And then you get in there. And the best thing is I was doing, like, really deep um, inhalation and exhalation breathing um, through it. And being able to put yourself into a meditative state when you're in bloody cold water is amazing. And that, I think it's that actual mental game where you're, you're – It improves your discipline every time you do it. Yes, you're writing a story to yourself that you go and get that job done, and I think that's one of the best things that you could possibly do. Especially through a Melbourne winter, I'll tell you that much. Oh, dude, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up for that. I got to be fair. And look, I'm not, a, I'm not a snow person. Like when people say, like, where do you live? I want my answer to be summer. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a lizard at the end of the day. I want to be in the sun. <laughs> Uh, Chris, well, mate, appreciate you coming back on the show. Um, hopefully the, the listeners today have taken some more value again and um, let's do it again in another couple of months' time when we've got some more cool stuff to talk about. Dude, I'd love that. You rock, mate, anytime. Appreciate appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, guys, uh, we both appreciate you tuning in today. So thanks for, for listening and giving us your time. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Go and check out Chris's podcast, Breaking Success. Um, it's extremely good. I guarantee you'll get value from every episode. So if you've enjoyed the episode, make sure you take a screenshot and post on your Instagram story, tag myself and Chris so we can get some feedback. Um, we got a lot last time, which was really cool. Um, be good if we can get the same again this time. Have a great day, guys, and we'll chat to you in the next one. Thank you.